The only thing that pot does for you, namely get you buzzed, is the one use prohibited concerning alcohol. So when Paul tells us not to be drunk with wine, he didn't mean that getting drunk with beer or scotch was acceptable. Obviously, it was the drunkenness, and we're arguing the consequent lack of self-control, or loss of self-control. Welcome to the 44th episode of the In Doubt Podcast. I'm Isaac, your host, and with me today is Sean Witzke. Hey, guys. Uh, we have a great podcast for you guys today um, as we finish our two-week series on the topic of pot. Uh, in just a moment, we'll listen to a conversation I had with Mark Ward and Tom Breeden, the two authors of the new book, Can I Smoke Pot? Marijuana in Light of Scripture. But before we get there, I wanted to fill you in on our project, uh, the Jude Project, which is Jude for the Faith. We're really excited about this project. We're putting a lot of work into it. Sean has been spending hours uh, pretty much just looking at me. Uh, Pretty on, much. The, on the screen. But how's it been going? Uh, it's been good. It's been a lot of Isaac talking through my speakers. So <laughs> that's that's been good. Yeah, not really. Okay. Yeah, okay. I guess so. Um, my wife and I are actually going through uh, the material in our own home group, sort of like as a guinea pig test. Oh, just like going through the questions and stuff? Yeah, and like just going through the content as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not watching it, obviously. That'd be weird, but. That'd be I'm weird. I haven't of, edited it yet. Yeah. How'd you get it? I, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> I was just kind of going through the content uh, that because I wrote, wrote had written it anyway. So anyways, but people are enjoying it. The content's being relevant. People are asking a lot of questions and stuff. Oh, so you're I, doing like an actual small group? Yeah. Yo, sick. What did you think I was talking about? I thought it was just like a you and Brittany thing. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, before no. bed time, you know, no, you're no, going no. through Jude. No, absolutely not. We actually have like a, 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 a different okay. couples there and we're actually going Good. through it. So anyways, uh, it's going really well and I'm really excited to... Uh, uh, to release this project uh, early in the year, so nice. like January, February. So. Yeah, it's going to be great. Anyways, let's move into today's conversation. Well, I'm joined again by Mark and Tom for our two-part series on marijuana or pot or whatever. There's multiple different names for this, for this plant, for this substance. And if you're listening right now and you haven't listened to the first session or last week's episode, I really encourage you to go ahead and pause this one or just stop it and go back and listen because there's some concepts that Mark and uh, Tom have both talked about in the first episode that I think are very uh, valuable. And again, if you if this is the first time listening, before listening to last week's, Mark and Tom are the authors of, of a new book that just came out called Can I Smoke Pot? Marijuana in Light of Scripture. And this two-part series is really just to sort of look at what they've written and obviously encourage you, our listeners, and everyone to really critically and biblically think about the use of marijuana in the coming uh, in the coming months because it's coming more and more pre- prevalent that we uh, look into this in, into this subject. Um, let's just jump into marijuana in light of scripture in regards to medicinal use. Let's jump into that. So, what can we, I guess, learn from the Bible, biblical principles, uh, I guess, illustrations as well from the Bible in regards to marijuana? as a medicinal property. I want to jump in here and make certain, especially if users didn't heed your call to go back and listen to the previous podcast, that we we start any talk of medicine and the, the use of marijuana for medicinal purposes with that same affirmation we talked about last time, that marijuana is a created thing and is therefore part of what God, God called very good mm. in Genesis 1. Also, in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, Uh, God gives what many call the creation mandate, or sometimes it's called the cultural mandate. We are told to um, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, 
and have dominion over it. Right. To subdue and have dominion over everything. He says over all the earth, and, and he names all these creatures, those that fly, those that crawl. Right. Um, it means to press God's world toward its ideal, to maximize its usefulness for mankind. Um, one of my favorite writers on this topic is Andy Crouch of Christianity Today, who mm. wrote Culture Making and Playing God and Strong and Weak, just fantastic books. And in Culture Making, he talks about how there are all these potentials, this this power coiled up in all of the creation, and it's our job to uncover it, to discover it, and to enlist it in the service of mankind's righteous goals. Right. And marijuana most definitely has those kinds of good uses. Right. It's our job to discover them, and I think people over the centuries have discovered many, Mm. many of those uses. We've discovered how to use it for rope and how how to use it for clothing. And I did some research on this, and apparently hemp rope is especially valuable for uh, shipping because it is resistant to corrosion that would naturally come through, you know, salt water spray. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right. And the Bible itself also makes makes it quite clear in a couple passages that we'll discuss that one of the good uses of created things is to bring healing to humans or mm-hmm. even to bring palliation, that is, the relief of pain. Um, Paul says to Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. And I'll let Tom talk about some of the other passages. Sure. So one of the places that that really seemed to click for me, that, that there's this kind of medical substance, um, was in Proverbs 31, 6, where the king is receiving wisdom from his mother and one of the things that she says, she says the king shouldn't, the king should refrain from drinking because he needs to be sharp. He needs to be have a clear mind. But when, but then the next verse says to give strong drink to the one who's perishing. And so from that was we kind of, we kind of developed this idea that that there's not a universal one size fits all, and that there's cases where you might want to use this substance for someone who's suffering. This kind of intoxicating strong drink could be valuable to take the edge off of someone's pain that that could be in fact wise to do and the the way we likened that was modern painkillers things like vicodin are incredibly powerful so powerful that that we would never permit someone to to use something like that for fun you can't you can't just go to a store and and buy vicodin in whatever quantities you want but we also recognize that it's incredibly valuable for someone who's suffering and in this incredible pain that needs something strong to take that edge off. And so that that helps kind of spur our thinking. How could how could marijuana fit into this biblical paradigm as a medicine? Right. That's good. Now, now you say in your book that evidence, you know, when it comes to the science behind marijuana is obviously ever growing. Uh, but your work is in a biological or scientific analysis of marijuana. Right. Our our book most definitely tries to position itself um, in a theological framework spot right. before we get to the questions empirically that are properly adjudicated, not by theologians and exegetes like us, but right. by medical scientists. Um, before we get to the question of what are its proper uses and what kinds of doses, you know, how do we synthesize or extract the appropriate chemical compounds? I don't know any of that stuff, right. and I don't have to in order to read my Bible and apply it mm. um, in a in a framework kind of way. Um, 
we we said in the book that um, we can't see any biblical theological reasons to rule out of court in advance the possible medical uses of marijuana. And I was encouraged to see that someone with a stature no less than John Piper's said the same thing regarding it. We're, we're just trying to be honest with our Bibles. And when we look at these passages, we believe there are uh, distinct parallels um, between what uh, Tom just mentioned in Proverbs 31 and the kinds of palliation that can come with marijuana. In particular, I, I guess this issue first really hit my radar screen. It was maybe just way out on the edge where most quote-unquote political issues are, but it really came toward the center when a lady, young mom who was our age, my wife and I, and has beautiful family. She had she had a daughter with epilepsy, and this poor little cute girl with blonde hair is all the time having seizures, and you can just feel the pain of this mom. Mm. And she started to advocate for the medical use of marijuana to alleviate her daughter's suffering right. um, and potentially you know, maybe not rid her of seizures but decrease right. their amount. And and I hadn't ever had to give any consideration to that. Mm-hmm. So I and we, Tom and I, are not answering the question, yes or no, should we do this? Should should this be legal? Should this mom be pushing for this? We're saying in general, mm-hmm. given the types of standards by which we judge whether a medicine is useful, and we get those standards from general revelation, we look at the harms and we look at the benefits and sure. we weigh them. Right. In general, the Bible is not ruling that possibility out. Right. That's a possibility we should explore mm-hmm. given the creation mandate, Yes. given the way the Bible talks about palliation and uh, medicinal uses for his creation. Yeah, that's right. And then you guys, in, in the book, to, to our listeners, you you guys do mention a few different illustrations from the Bible, Hezekiah's wounds, uh, the Good Samaritan, even just these ways that, you know, God or the Spirit, you know, inspired through these authors, like, um, or the, the Spirit inspired these authors to write these illustrations saying that these natural things we've, we've been able to use to show mercy and to show healing. On, uh, on different people throughout it. So when we come now to, though, the idea of recreational use, and you guys do really tackle that comparison to alcohol, and I think it's very important that you did that, and you spent a lot of time on that. In fact, as I was reading it, I thought this is just great uh, <laughs> biblical analysis of alcohol in general, which is, that's something else that a lot of our young adults need. In fact, that's what I talked to Tim Challies on, is alcohol. So how should we be viewing alcohol? So you guys do a great job there. Why don't you just share a little bit about, uh, about that, share a little bit about uh, I guess the idea of self-control. I thought that was very powerful as well when you talked about that aspect. Sure. So I, I think where we landed with alcohol, I'll give you sort of the the summary statement, and then we can we can unpack it a little bit. But really, where we concluded was that the biblical teaching on alcohol is that it's something that Christians are free to enjoy in moderation, but at the same time. It's something that's open to, it's very open and subject to abuse. That is something we have to be very careful with because drunkenness is a severe problem. And it's something that the Bible condemns in, in very strong, clear, explicit terms. And so one of the things, this was one of the things that I learned while working on this was why the Bible condemns drunkenness. Like why is drunkenness such a problem? And really, because I only had experience you know, I, I could think of stories, I could think of anecdotes for people for why drunkenness was such a problem. But um, looking through the scriptures, you just see the damage that intoxication causes. One of the one of the places that stood out to me was was Lot in his drunkenness. 
and how um, that that led to this incestuous relationship. And Lot was vulnerable. Lot didn't have complete control of his senses and ended up engaging in something that he he almost certainly wouldn't have otherwise. And so alcohol has alcohol when we consume it and and become drunk by it has this ability to 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 weaken our self control. Uh, where we don't think well. I mean, this is this is why the mother in Proverbs 31 advises the king not to drink, because she says you you need to think clear. The, the weight of the kingdom is on your shoulders, and and you can't afford to be at a handicap. And so that that idea of self control is important in the scriptures, and anything that's going to to oppose that or diminish it is something that Christians need to take very seriously. We're abstracting a principle here. We're, we're trying to use the Bible to address situations that the Bible doesn't explicitly mention. Right. And nowhere is marijuana mentioned. Even if you look closely in the Hebrew, you can't come up with some code that <laughs> shows you a secret message about marijuana. Um, but if, if the Bible is supposed to be thoroughly equipping us for every good work the way Second Timothy 3 says it is, then it's got to address these pressing questions that we have. We we want to please God. You know, I, I hope and I think that everybody listening to this podcast, they've made it this far, actually cares at some level about pleasing God. And so one of the ways, uh, commonly, not just with marijuana, but with so many other issues, one of the ways that we discern the Bible's teaching on issues it doesn't explicitly mention, even like, say, internet pornography, which didn't exist in Jesus' day, is we look for the principles. And the principle there in Matthew 5 is, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery with her. That applies right. to all sorts of immoralities that hadn't even been invented yet because yeah. of technology you know, not being there yet. Um, and when it comes to this issue of marijuana, um, this is skipping maybe ahead just a little bit, but following along with what Tom said, one of the most helpful things I read in all of my research for my part of the book is a blogger who said that the only thing that pot does for you, namely get you buzzed, is the one use prohibited concerning alcohol. Mm. So when Paul tells us not to be drunk with wine, he didn't mean that getting drunk with beer or scotch was acceptable. Obviously, it was the drunkenness, and, we, and we're arguing the consequent lack of self-control or right. loss of self-control. That was the problem. Um, and because that kind of mental impairment, this blogger says, is the whole point of smoking pot, um, we, Tom and I, came down very hard against recreational use of marijuana. And one of the places where I allowed myself to make what really is a scientific or um, empirical claim rather than a theological one, um, Tom and I talked about this at some length. Uh, we wanted to be really careful making those kinds of claims because we, we are not scientists, we are not medical professionals. But relying on the work of such people, for example, in America, the National uh, Highway uh, Safety and Traffic Administration, they said that the the distance in between not smoking a joint at all and the equivalent of intoxication, that is getting the buzz, is one to three puffs. Right. Which means that you there there isn't any space effectively. Mm -hmm. There aren't groups of people getting together and and using marijuana in moderation. Right. The buzz comes effectively immediately. You don't know whether it's gonna be one or three puffs. Sure. And, and if the Bible is forbidding that sort of effect when it comes to alcohol, then, you know, a fortiori, it ought to apply to a substance that brings that effect basically immediately. Yeah. 
And I think as you say that, I'm just thinking, what are your intentions? If you, if you're just, you know, trying to smoke pot for recreation, but you don't want to get that buzz. So you're saying maybe I'll take a half a puff and just, but I mean, what what are your intentions there? And I think you guys make a great point at the end, near the end of the chapter where you just say, you know, seek the, the higher experience. And that's just the joy of the Lord. Like, why are you trying to use this pot, I guess, to, you know, you you talk a little bit about like at the end of the day, you just want to chill, de-stress, all that kind of stuff. Well, there are much better things. I think you can do to glorify God other than, you know, obviously getting almost intoxicated on pot. Um, in Canada, and uh, I've, I wrote you guys this as an email, the, the Trudeau government, I don't know if you looked into it too much, but uh, they, they've said that they are going to legalize and begin to regulate uh, marijuana in the spring of 2017. Um, and again, who knows how long that's going to take when they make these new laws and stuff like that. It takes a long time. But, you know, that gives Christians now six months to begin to really start to think critically, think more biblically, pray uh, about how they are going to view it for themselves, medicinally, recreationally, all these different things, and also time to respond. So to a lot of young adult pastors and regular pastors and parents, you know, when they're, when people under them are going to begin to ask them those questions, um, both, I want to give both of you guys a chance. We'll start with uh, uh, Mark here. What would you sort of suggest to Canadian Christian young adults now? You know, you have, they have six months sort of before there's some new regulation. What would you suggest to them uh, to help them begin to start start to think critically? And I mean, I would say read this book. That would be a great start. But what else would you would you want to say to them? Well, you took mine. Buy the book, of course. Any author is going to say that's <laughs> the very first and, mo- and most important step. But actually, of course, Tom and I got into this not because we want to sell books, um, but because we want to serve the church. And and I would say, boy, there's so many, so many answers that could come here. Boy, what's the first thing I would say? I read a, a biblical counselor, Ed Welch, who pointed out that when a once illegal substance is legalized, there will be an increase in the use of that substance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say Christians ought to be pastorally ready for that. And I personally have not known people... Um, that have used pot extensively. There was one guy in my high school class who dropped out of high school, and I, and years, like 20 years later, I found out that that was one of the reasons he dropped out. Mm. But the people that I know of the of, that grew up in the 60s, um, when pot kind of first hit, uh, you know, American sort of mainstream, yeah. they repeatedly and independently all said that these people became space cadets and and lost motivation. Um, maybe they their brains weren't fried, but they lost purpose in life aside from getting this substance and smoking it. And that that provides an opportunity for Christians to provide an alternative. That is, show a community in which we don't need this kind of stuff to get our fix. Yeah, that's good. You know, God is God is not in the business of denying us as many pleasures as possible. In fact, one of my favorite lines from like a million favorite lines in C.S. Lewis and the screw tape letters, it's uh, the, the demon himself says that Satan never invented any pleasures. Mm. Every single pleasure out there has been invented by God. That's good. Now, that doesn't mean all pleasures are good because all pleasures can be twisted in wrong directions. But we want to show as a Christian community to everybody out there who's wanting to chill after a long day and grab their joint and smoke it, um, we want to show we know something about pleasure because we have this direct connection to the God who created it. And 
twisting his good creation in the service of what you think is a pleasure is what the Bible calls the pleasure of sin. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11, it only lasts for a season. This is not ultimately going to help you. Mm-hmm. You need to be ready with an apologetic answer to the common practice of using this substance recreationally. That's really good. And for you, Tom, what would you say? To start, I, I agree with everything that Mark just said. I, I think I think that's wise advice. I would I would suggest Christians talk about this with other believers. A, a big thing that spurred this book was that in my own circles, these conversations weren't happening, and so. I didn't have resources to answer the question well myself. I didn't have places to point people. It was sort of this this thing that was going on underground. And if we're going to navigate these changes, it needs to be something we do together. We need to do it within our church. We need to talk to our pastor, our small groups, whatever the case may be. Parents, um, please don't be afraid to have this conversation with your kids because I, I I would be so confident that their friends are definitely having this conversation with them. And another thing that I would say is practice graciousness. Um, You know, you're not going to agree with every other Christian on how they respond to this change. And I think as I've watched Christians engage in the public square, one of the things that I've noticed is Christians can often lack a humble and gracious spirit. And it really makes it hard for our neighbors to want to engage with us. You know, we don't seem like joyful people. We seem like angry people. And so that, that can immediately shut people out from having any kind of engagement with us. And so I think we need to balance this, this place where on the one hand, we can defend and speak for biblical truth, but that that defense is always saturated in a love for our neighbor, um, that we want our our you know, believing neighbors that are are smoking marijuana. We want our unbelieving neighbors that are smoking marijuana. We want our unbelieving neighbors who aren't smoking marijuana but aren't against it. Like we want them to flourish. We want their good. And so the way that we present these discussions, I think, has to really highlight that that motive. No, that's great, and that is the that is the motivation. I think uh, to show that love. I mean, love God, love others. That is what we're called to do and make disciples. But first of all, thank you guys both for, for that. Um, I would encourage our listeners uh, to go ahead and, and buy this book, read it. Um, not only are you going to be able to, uh, I guess, build yourself up and with this more knowledge and everything like that, but also it'll help you uh, in you know the next six months to prepare for yourself for you know, it's going to become a buzz, a buzz thing, not to use the word like that, but <laughs> people are going to start talking about it more and more and more. Um, and uh, honestly, this book is is very short. And, you know, instead of watching a movie one night on Netflix, sit down and just read it. It's very enjoyable. And they don't go on and on on different tangents. They just are straight to the point, which I found very, I mean, with our culture today, young adults that are constantly looking for something new, this is perfect. It's just straight to the point. That's it. So um, I'll, I'll have all the links down there that you can uh, buy the book at and, and view anything else uh, from them. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add before we wrap this up, something that's on your heart that you really wanted to, uh, to say? Or if not, then we can. Tom and I actually have different practices with regard to alcohol. He um, drinks in moderation. We write this in the book. We talked about this. And I am a teetotaler um, for various reasons. One of them we talked about in the first segment Um, my authorities for almost all of my life have either directly told me or asked me not to drink alcohol. 
And I view that like the Rechabites in, I believe, the book of Jeremiah, I'm going to forget this now, who um, had this historic commitment in their family not to drink any wine. Um, and I've, I'd like to think that the way Tom and I worked together on this could be an example of the grace that um, that Tom is recommending for the church on marijuana. That's, that's really cool. The, the difference is that Tom and I, um, we can both point to Bible for our two positions, and we don't disagree. I, I, I said something I've never heard a teetotaler say in the book. I said, I'm looking forward to drinking alcohol in the new earth when Jesus right. said, I will drink it new with you, um, because I'm affirming it's a created good. Yes. Yes. Nonetheless, we have these different practices. The, the difference is that we did not see any room for recreational use um, in, uh, of marijuana. But, but still, the grace that Christians can show each other when they disagree in practice or in theory, uh, it, it is so important. I just had to affirm what Tom said. I just was reading a book by John McWhorter in which he said that um, th- the more you yell, whether it's with all caps online or with your protest uh, poetry slam, yeah. Yeah. Um, the less people are going to listen. Mm-hmm. We, we do need to have... The, the love of Christ diffusing everything we say, mm-hmm. um, or we're going to sound strident, and it's just not necessary. We, we have a positive message. Yeah. It's not God says no to this pleasure, no to that pleasure. It's God says yes to the very best pleasures. Yeah. Now yeah. watch us find them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was, I think it's Psalm 16 where he says, "In my hand are in my right hand are pleasures for forevermore." Right. And I think that's so that's so beautiful. Well. Thank you both so much, Mark. Thank you so much for coming up to the studio and checking us out. That's awesome. And I hope you visit Abbotsford and Vancouver. That's exciting. And Tom, uh, thank you so much for uh, being with us today over the phone. And uh, all the best to both of you. And again, I'm going to put all the information that listeners, if they want to know more about this book, it's all going to be on the episode podcast page. But thank you so much. I hope, I I really would like you guys to both consider finding a new topic and writing again, uh, because I would totally read another book that like, like that one in that sense. So thank you guys so much thank you for your hospitality isaac thank you isaac it was a pleasure i like those guys um and even especially the last part uh where mark was saying that even though they have different uh views in regards to alcohol like mark said he's a teetotaler which i think is a funny word but anyways he doesn't really drink uh and then obviously tom has his conscience. He's totally fine to drink, yet they both work together. And they said that that's sort of like a uh, a picture of what it can look like when even though uh, two Christians can disagree, they still work together for kingdom work, which I think is really neat. But anyways, I was thinking like, I personally can tend to be more sort of negative in regards to my judgment on the North American church, kind of a little bit more pessimistic. So when I, you know, hear that, okay, in the spring, uh, Trudeau government's going to start le- uh, le- like, you know, legalize and regulate marijuana in my head I'm like oh no now all these Christians are going to start like smoking pot you know or whatever uh, but the the reality is is that we have no idea what's going to happen but either way we still need to critically and biblically think about it but I don't know what, what do you tend to kind of think about in regards to uh, the government legalizing it and sort of your confrontations with your friends and stuff like that well I think that marijuana becoming legal is definitely starting a conversation within the church, which I think is good. Um, Whether or not you're on one side or the other is that there's a conversation that's going to happen now, which I think didn't really happen with alcohol. Right. 
I think after uh, the prohibition and then it just kind of got wrapped into uh, an interpretation and people kind of kind of held on to it and right. then and then moved that way and no one really talked about it anymore. And I think yeah, just this allows uh, a good almost kind of scholarly conversation to be able to happen within the church yeah. about why we be- believe what we believe, you know? Yeah, no, totally. But even just like personally, though, do you think this is going to be an issue with, say, some of your Christian young adult friends and in, in regards to their, uh, when I say an issue, do you think that it's going to be sort of a, 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 a sort of an issue in their lives? So it's like, I don't know if I should or not. And I don't know. I think uh, just looking at uh, the demographic, the people who I hang out with, the people who I'm having these conversations with. The people who don't smoke weed right now and don't really care for it, I don't think are going to go and pick up some weed and start right. smoking. That's a good it. point. Yeah, I just I don't think <laughs> so. They don't care about it. Yeah. Um, it's just it's not it's a non-issue for them. Yeah, it's the people who either are already taking medicinal marijuana right. or who have thought about it or who have just experimented with weed uh, without right. like a medicinal license. Yeah. I think it's going to be for them and specifically for yeah. people who have a past. Right, um, because especially people who weren't Christians who had a past or smoking weed. That was what they're doing. They're doing high school or young adults or whatever. And they became Christians and then they stopped because, uh, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And then that, that was kind of the instant conclusion that they came yeah. to. But now that it's le- legal, uh, yeah. like tentatively it'll become legal. I think then they're going to start going back. Well, well, what about my past before I was a Christian? Does that mean I was sinning? Was I not sinning? Yeah, exactly. Um, like what does this mean? Because, you know, most people told me I need to stop doing this because it was illegal, but now it's legal. So I think that's going to bring up a lot of questions yeah. uh, for people who that was a part of their past. Right. But like you said, though, the whole point is like now churches are starting to tackle it. Yeah. And this is the prime time because we have six months or five months or whatever until the spring hits. Exactly. Uh, when we have time to critically and biblically think about it. And that's what we actually heed to all the community of listeners here, Back to Bible and also in doubt, uh, to actually start thinking about it now. Uh, and I really do encourage you to go pick up the book, Can I Smoke Pot? Uh, Marijuana and Light of Scripture. It's a great small book. You could literally read it in the same time uh, of watching a movie. Uh, it's so small and it's just so it's just to the point. Well, that wraps up the Endote podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or maybe a story testimony, we'd love to hear it. You can contact us over email at info at indoubt.ca. Uh, you can connect with us online via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so on. We'd love to hear from the community of listeners, so don't feel shy or awkward about it at all. Anyways, I'm Isaac. And I'm Sean. And next week, we chat with pastor and musician from Portland, Oregon, Josh White. podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's Young Adult Ministry in Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.